Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P slash sober. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. I'm Jill, and this is the Silver Powered Podcast. I'll tell you how I finally stopped chasing the buzz and what I've learned along the way. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and if you're new here, I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. If that sounds interesting, please subscribe. Today I'm going to talk about body image. I struggled with disordered eating and body dysmorphia before I started drinking. That's why I started drinking so late in life. When I started recovering from these issues, I began drinking and just swapped one problem for another. 
I'll explain how common eating disorders and alcohol abuse are, how common it is to trade one problem for another, and more about body dysmorphia. You'll learn about my journey from feeling fat at 9 years old to finally liking my body for the first time in my life at 30 years old. So let's dig in. My elementary school had this really big staircase in the lobby that I loved. It was colorful and bulky and I thought it was just the coolest thing. I remember when I was nine, I was walking up those stairs to go to class and for some reason looked down. I noticed my stomach was sticking out and I thought, I'm fat. From that moment on, I sucked in my stomach every second of every day. It eventually just became an unconscious thing that I did and I didn't have to put effort into it anymore. Body dysmorphia is a preoccupation with an imagined deficit in appearance, which causes significant distress. So you could be obsessing about your stomach, but in reality, your stomach isn't as fat as what you see in the mirror. It's a common issue, and several studies have found that 2 to 13% of people struggle with this. It's actually thought to be more, and because of embarrassment associated with this issue, it seems to be underreported. It is also common to have another comorbid psychiatric issue in addition to body dysmorphic disorder. Hating my body and thinking I was fat is what made me gain weight. I started dieting at 13, and every time I tried to diet, I ended up gaining a bit of weight. I think it's important to point out that I've never technically been overweight. The closest I ever got was two pounds below the weight that would be considered in the overweight category for my height. I was skinny for all of middle and high school. During that time, I wasn't too upset about my body and how it looked. I actually thought I was hot back then, but felt compelled to go on diets because that's what I should be doing. I had a bad boyfriend during my senior year of high school, and I can sum up our relationship with one thing. He refused to go with me to my senior prom, so I didn't go. After we broke up, It was around that time that I started emotionally eating and I gained 10 pounds over the summer. Still, I really wasn't that bad, but 10 pounds felt like 100. When I went to college, within the first few months, something very traumatic happened to me on November 9th. You may also recognize November 9th as my sober date, and that's because 12 years after this event, I was getting super day drunk and hating my life. After this event, I basically didn't eat for a week and just kind of zombied around for years. I don't have much memory of the following two years, but I do know that's when my messed up relationship with food and obsession with being thin started. That's actually really common. In episode 19, I've talked about the connection between disordered eating and alcohol abuse, especially for women. The onset of eating disorders generally occurs between the ages of 18 to 20 and is often associated with a stressful life event. Research suggests that people who suffer from eating disorders often suffer from comorbid psychiatric disorders like depression, anxiety, or substance abuse. Several studies have found that people with eating disorders are more likely to abuse substances than people without eating disorders. 
A study in 2000 looked at women getting treatment for substance abuse and found that 24% of them also had an eating disorder. Of all the eating disorders, bulimia is most commonly comorbid with substance abuse. Another study in 2000 surveyed about 3,000 women and found that 43% of them who had a history of bulimia also had a history of alcohol abuse or dependence. 20% of people who have had gastric bypass surgery develop alcohol use disorder. That's three times the rate of the general population. A 2012 study on rats found that obese rats who had gastric bypass developed a new taste for alcohol that they hadn't had before the surgery. Gastric bypass influences hormones like ghrelin, leptin, and dopamine, and these rats made more of an effort to get alcohol than rats who had not had gastric bypass surgery. The researchers determined that this was because alcohol became more rewarding for them, and that's why they pursued it harder. For me, food was definitely rewarding, but it was quickly followed by tons of self-hatred. Whatever good thing I ate would be gone pretty quickly, but the self-hatred lasted for the rest of the day and into the next. When I discovered alcohol, I realized that I could have hours of that good feeling instead of minutes, and the self-hatred lasted the same amount of time. Even if you don't fit the criteria for an eating disorder, having disordered eating behaviors like constant dieting, over-exercising, and food guilt are all things that become very obsessive. Alcohol abuse is also obsessive, so it makes sense to me why it's easy to switch between the two. So from 18 to 22, I was really obsessed with being thin. That was my main priority. That's why I didn't start drinking until I was 22 because I knew alcohol and being thin didn't mix. So drinking wasn't something I was interested in. The more I obsessed about being thin, the more weight I gained. I gained and lost the same 20 pounds a few times during college, and towards the end, that became 30 pounds. I had another bad relationship my senior year and graduated college at my all-time heaviest so far and hating myself. Buying clothes was so painful, so I avoided it, and I avoided it for my entire 20s, actually. So this boyfriend knew that I had some food issues and would force candy into my purse whenever I saw him. I drove home from his house each time, eating the candy and crying in my car. When I finally got the courage to end the relationship, I began emotionally eating again. I gained almost 20 pounds in just a couple months. I started graduate school and was determined to get my weight under control. So I went back to dieting. Dieting and obsessing about food made me binge every single Saturday morning from the stress. I was still living at home and that was the only time I was home alone. I looked forward to it and it became a ritual. I met my husband a couple months into the school year and things became serious a few months later. That's when I wanted to get better for him. I began therapy and as I healed my eating issues, I started drinking. When I had my first buzz, I finally understood why people drank and it was over. I was doomed. I started drinking whenever I had the chance to. 
which was pretty often. And by the end of that first year, I had lost the same 20 pounds again and was much thinner than I had been in high school. Shortly after, I became a daily drinker and quickly put the 20 pounds back on, which I maintained for basically all seven years that I drank. I hated my body so much for those seven years. Over the years, I slowly gained another 10 pounds. And by my last year of drinking, I hated my body so much, getting dressed would make me cry. I had a couple outfits that I felt comfortable in, and I wore them over and over and over. I would wear the same dress out with my husband on every single date, and he was so nice about it. But because I hated the way that my body looked, I hated shopping for clothes because I felt like everything looked horrible on me. So I never bought clothes, and I had the same clothes for basically my entire 20s. When I stopped drinking, it took some time, but I started respecting myself. I cared about feeling good, which meant slamming mozzarella sticks and pizza wasn't something that I wanted to do anymore. My eating habits changed a lot too. I went back to the food preferences I had 10 years ago, and now I'm mostly vegetarian. I love cheeseburgers and filet mignon too much to be a full vegetarian though. Since I wasn't constantly hungover, I didn't have to try to cure myself with unhealthy food, and the result of all of this was a slow and steady weight loss. After 16 months of sobriety, I'm down almost 25 pounds without suffering or dieting. I still enjoy ice cream and other junk on occasion, but I respect myself now. I care too much about myself to eat foods that make me physically ill. When I was drinking, I felt like crap every single day, so I didn't really notice how food was making me feel. And when I stopped drinking, I learned a lot about foods that my body likes and foods that it doesn't like. I remember when I was six months sober, I walked by the mirror one day and thought, hmm, looking good. I was shocked. That's the first time I've ever thought that without following up with all the things that don't look good. My body confidence has continued to improve, and now I genuinely like the way I look. I barely have any clothes, but I'm looking forward to shopping and getting a whole new wardrobe this summer. So it's not about being thin, even though that obviously helps. What it's really about is treating my body with kindness and respect. I never guilt or shame myself about a food choice I've made. I never feel compelled to binge. I don't obsess over calories or macros. And I don't feel that I have to exercise a certain amount. I'm just relaxed about it. When the obsession went away, I could finally see progress. Obsessing over diets and what foods to eat or not eat makes us crazy. And that craziness is what triggers a binge. If you're beginning your journey and weight loss is a goal, then start by trying to let go of constant thoughts of dieting and weight loss. I know, easier said than done, but the more you think about it, the less likely you are to succeed. Work on treating yourself with respect and just start there. Learn how you actually like to eat. And if you find yourself replacing your drinking with food, then I encourage you to get into therapy and work on that. 
So you don't have to go keto or give up sugar and carbs and gluten and dairy. You don't have to do any of that. Just experiment with food and how it makes you feel. What foods do you actually like? Get takeout, but maybe get a healthier option. So there's a lot that you can do. And the more relaxed that you are, the more success you will have. Please share this episode on social if it was helpful for you, and I will talk to you guys next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.